Welcome, Welcome to, to Bibles and Bonnets. Hey, I'm your host, Praise. And I'm your co-host, Cheyenne. Get comfy, grab a Bible, and most of all, don't forget your bonnet for this evening's episode. Hi, Leah. So yeah, we're going to start. Um, we're going to do something different this week. Cheyenne's going to lead us in our... Bible study, everyone say yay! Look at her right there. Stop. Yay! <laughs> okay, Leah, how was your week? Uh, it was Wait, okay. Let's pray we had a. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Yeah. All right, praise. Go ahead, do the honors. Okay, everyone, bow your heads, keep your eyes closed, or slanted. Um, dear Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, I pray that you allow us to move through this Bible study swiftly. Pray that each and every one of us gains a better understanding of the text than we did before. And I pray that you keep us focused and help us stay moving. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now you can go ahead, Leah. How was your week? <laughs> um, This week we had a flood, so we're having like, uh-huh. yeah, we're having a breakdown on the floor. It happened like a, a while, so that's why I've been kind of late for the like Bible studies because you had to like deal with it. But uh, right now we're we have to go to my um, grandma's house because they have to do construction on here. Wow! Oh my wow. god! You guys are in New York. Yeah. They're in the book. The box. Yeah. <laughs> Aw, I'm sorry about that. That sounds awful. No, but like um. Uh, what you call it? The guys are keeping us through because it's been like a lot of support. But now after it, it's after until like Friday, Friday or Saturday should be done. After that, everything should be done on the floors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, th- yeah, that's good. It's looking good. It's my turn. Yeah, because Leah just finished. Um. It was okay. Nothing really happened. I hung out. I hanged out. I hanged out with my dad the other day, and I got good news about school. That's really it. Cool. Cheyenne, how was your week? My week was okay. There's nothing to digress here. I've just been. She found a new job. Kind of. To everyone listening. Yeah. Thank you. To everyone listening, as Cheyenne complained about her old job, she found a new one. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm still on the fence. I'm just I'm just feeling it out right now. But um yeah, that's really what I've been doing. Um what else have I done? Nothing. Oh, my aunt and uncle came in town last Oh yeah, night. they unexpectedly came they, in and great company. Yeah. I was quick the entire time. Mm-hmm. And they made great. veggies and I love eating veggies. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. They made so much vegetables. They came in and they immediately took control of the household and which was amazing i'm not complaining <laughs> um my week one of my projects came to the house and i was just so excited about it and i'm currently trying to get one of my projects moved along and honestly it's been going good i'll probably just show you i'll preview bethany i accidentally sent it to the house mommy says she opened it so you've probably seen it already but I will probably show you Leah at the end of the Bible study. But yeah, that's how our week went. So yeah, we're in John chapter 16. We're getting closer and closer to the ending where Jesus will be crucified. And Cheyenne, like I said, is going to take over and greatly read the note to give her point of view, great cousin. And I'm going to read. So what verses are we starting off with? 
right, we're going to go from verse 1 to 11. All right. <clears throat> These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers good God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin of, and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. In the New King James Version, I think it says the prince of the world, talking, speaking, referring to the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so for the analysis, we have Jesus was predicting both persecution and the coming of the Holy Spirit. So yes, he was basically talking about the how the Holy Spirit, he was going to send the Holy Spirit down to them and he basically mentions that the Holy Spirit's not going to come unless he goes. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one thing to point out. And then he talks about um, his persecution because he keeps saying that he's going. So he's obviously referring to him dying. Still at the Last Supper. Yes. City, um, scene. Mm-hmm. Also, we're still at the Last mm-hmm. Supper scene. Yeah. Um, so he's closing that out. Um, he begins and ends with a call to endure hardships, knowing that in him we are ultimately victorious. The world hates us just like they hate God. We all know this. Uh, they accept their own and God is not of this. Sorry, they accept their own and God is not of this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will do these things because they have no relationship with Jesus, which means they have no relationship with God. If they did have a relationship with Jesus, they would be following his teachings instead of rejecting them. So we all know this. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, through that relationship, you want to learn more about him. You want to follow his teachings. Do what he says is good, and you want to kind of... They'll be practicing love also. They wouldn't be like, like, oh, look look at this. Let's kill him. Let's throw him out. They would be practicing love if they were true followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus warns his disciples of what is to come. So when it does come, it doesn't take them by surprise and have them running around confused. For example, from Jesus' teachings, we know that earth is temporary, that evil will continue to grow, and that the world would hate us. So it is not a surprise to us now when we see it happening. AKA, just an example, because it's Pride Month, okay? (sighs) Anytime anybody says anything negative about anybody's pronouns or whatever you see the backlash that christians get from having their standpoint yeah we're starting to move to a world where it's very much discriminatory if you don't call someone what they want to be called and you're not being respectful if you're moving if you're like against it in any way shape or form because one thing about the alphabet soup community that i've learned was that (laughs) (laughs) no because that if like, for example, if I go, oh, I don't agree with you, but, like, I don't hate you for it. Oh, no, you hate. They try to promote the word hate if you don't agree, when in reality, 
you don't have to you don't have to agree with everything someone is doing just to love them because for example i love my best friend but sometimes me and her butt heads about certain things but does that mean i hate her no it just means that what she's doing i may not agree with what she's doing but that doesn't mean i don't like still love her it's a difference some people try to tie to oh me, it's just like it's when it, when it gets dangerous is you tying that into your identity because just because you have a same-sex relationship does that not make that a part of your identity just the way say i chose to learn spanish okay that's something that i'm doing that doesn't mean my identity is now spanish just because you're doing an action that doesn't make so now when you try and make it my identity now it becomes impossible for me to say i don't agree with that because now people are hearing you don't love me you hate me no i don't hate you i hate the act i hate the sin this is a thing that people can't separate from. Yeah, that that's basically the example. Yeah, but just that's one example of anytime I say, I you know, a lot of Christians or like people in general are scared to say anything negative. Yeah, because that can cancel because, culture. Yeah, you feel like you're gonna get you ruined hate. if you don't support them, and that's not how it should be because you know how much times they done drag Christians name through the mud and disrespected us and then when it's all when it's turned around me just simply saying I don't agree with you is compared to me saying I hate you which is not the point because I don't hate you boom all right so let's keep going he intends to remind his followers that difficult times are no surprise least of all to God knowing that a hardship was expected and planned for greatly lessens the fear that we feel when the moment arrives. In the case of persecution against Christians, this can be severe. Jesus indicates that those who follow him shouldn't be surprised if non-believers want to excommunicate them or even execute them. As we can see through history, many Christians have been executed. Um, In those moments, believers can, and even today that still happens. Oh, especially overseas, yeah. Um, the Muslim girl who mm-hmm. was who was basically like what gang she was gang raped because I think they broke into her house and told her to basically denounce Christ and I forgot they, what the they wanted her to recite something yeah recite something that was a part of their um religion, their religion yeah. and she was just like no so they shaved her head and they gang raped her and then I was just like people really mm-hmm. are going through it this is not like some walk in the park like hey I'm a Christian uh Get the red carpets. There are people who are really hurting. But in the end, we know that the reward is way greater than what any punishment on this temporary earth, mind you, can bring us. Exactly. And that's the thing that you have to keep in mind. Um, okay, so where was I? Jesus indicates those who follow him shouldn't be surprised if non-believers want to execute them. Right. In those moments, believers can take comfort in knowing Jesus is in control. He is always in control. The helper is the Holy Spirit who would demonstrate the truth of Christ beyond the fear of contradiction. The Holy Spirit convicts unbelievers through through believers who witness about Christ. Believers are the mouth the mouthpiece for God's voice. The content of the witness that the Spirit reinforces includes truth about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Okay. Anything to point out? Oh, no. Um, I will definitely point out something when we read more along because it made me laugh. But Go what verses am I reading? 12 to 18. 12 to 18. Okay, hold on. Um, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. 
for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will not see me. And again, an, uh, and again, a little while, and you will see me, because I go to the Father. You said to 18, right? Mm -hmm. Then some of his disciples said among them, what is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says? A little while. We do not know what he is saying. Okay. Again, the Holy Spirit is the helper. The Holy Spirit's ministry to the apostles was threefold. He would guide them into all truth. He would tell them of the future. And he would help them glorify Christ. Say that the Holy Spirit will take what belongs to Christ doesn't mean he will concentrate on Christ. Did I say that right? Sorry. Doesn't mean that he will concentrate on Christ to the exclusion of the Father. There's absolutely no division within the Godhead. What the Father has, the Son has. What the Son has, the Spirit will declare. Unity. However, the focus will be on Christ. And then verse 16 has been interpreted to mean that the disciples would literally see Jesus after the resurrection mm -hmm. and they would spiritually <laughs> see Jesus after the ascension because of the Holy Spirit. As always, Jesus drops a bomb on his disciples and they have to go into a huddle and talk among <laughs> themselves with what Jesus could have meant. <laughs> literally every time Jesus explains something, like with the yeast of the Pharisees, every, and I'm not going to penalize them, but it's like every time Jesus drops a bomb, little or big, they just be like, like with the bread. Judas said the bread. Who I hand this bread to? They yeah. hands it to Judas. Oh, wow. Maybe he just likes that certain piece of bread. I don't know. <laughs> like, they just literally like, what do you think he means when he says this? Like, well, you know mean? what? At the end of this chapter, it does take an unexpected turn with the disciples. It does. You know what I mean? After a, a good, yeah, it does. They don't yeah. stay in darkness. For, not saying they're in darkness, but... Beyond their human comprehension, I guess. They were so focused on certain mm -hmm. attributes of what Jesus was saying when spiritual. Spiritual yeah. and literal, in this sense. Because they would see him after he resurrects. Yeah. So that's, yeah, definitely. Where am I reading? Okay, go 19 to 24. Okay. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. Of course, he knows everything. And he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will not weep and lament. Lament? I said mm -hmm. lament. Well, lament, yeah. Yeah. But the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful. But your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come but as soon as she has given birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world therefore you now have sorrow but i will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you and in the days and in that day you will ask me nothing most assuredly i say to you whatever you ask the father in my name he will give you until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Okay. At first, when Jesus is crucified, his disciples will weep and be scattered. And we will come to read, example, Peter, and feel lost. Oh, as we will come to read and feel lost. So, yes, Peter. <laughs> the prince of the world is Satan. 
and they will rejoice rejoice when they sorry I'm reading this wrong the prince of the world is Satan and they will rejoice because when they the religious leaders will think that they won however the disciples will sorrow will turn to joy because Jesus will resurrect overcoming the death and he will rise so yeah to go into the woman in labor when a woman is in labor literally she's in pain so it's not a walk in the park it's she's sitting there in pain me and bethany my sister our mom has been pregnant from when she first had my sister then after 12 years later she had a she had a child from 1998 every year for the next four years that she took a break then had the next four of my siblings that bethany's a part of 2006 babies 2000s my mom to think of my mom consistently being in the hospital giving birth going through pains and what she went through that's just sound, that sounds awful especially since my last brother he was a he was um c-section Ouch. so it's a literal pain but when the baby is born you're not thinking oh that pain oh I'm st-. no you're literally thinking of the child that's in your arms like oh look at my baby look at adversity mm-hmm. who's adversity Look at adversity. <laughs> Who's adversity? That's supposed to be Bethany's name. Oh, was that supposed to be Bethany's name? That's supposed name? to be Bethany's name. Look at pretty. <laughs> she said I hate you. Well, we're glad it was Bethany. <laughs> Look um, at adversity. She's so pretty. She's such a gem. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I that's really, how God I really described did it. Like that I mean, Jesus. actually, how he said, like, because that's true. When when a mother's in labor, she's in a lot of pain. Sometimes you have to go through pain, but mm-hmm. then once once you the baby's get to out, the end goal, it's just like you forget about the pain because you have a child now. Right, and then you're just sitting there looking at your child, and all that pain you went through was worth it because you got the yeah. end goal, which was the child, and that's how he parallels it to what the disciples will go to go through. But yeah, you can continue. Exactly. Jesus also echoes the promise he gave earlier in the discourse that requests offered in prayer in his name would be granted by God. Uh, and that's First John 14, 13 through 14. Mm-hmm. The context for those answers is explicitly given. To ask something in the name of Jesus means to invoke his authority and end his will. That means any request contrary to his will has no hope of being granted. Which is important to understand because I feel like people feel like they can pray. Oh, but Jesus, you said ask and you, you shall said receive. receive. Okay, that doesn't mean that you um, pray for a Mercedes, Kevin. Yeah, like that, that doesn't mean that you just go out here, exactly. Lord, give me this. Boom. That doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Um, what's fun? Did you want to go? Oh, we didn't recap. That's what I was saying. We forgot to go over. Just screw the PowerPoint. The thing. Yeah, at this point, screw the PowerPoint. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. You want me to continue reading? Um, let me finish. I didn't finish. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So um, that means any request contrary to his will has no hope of being granted. Submission to God and obedience to his son, Jesus, are the key elements in this promise, not a blanket promise to give us whatever we want, like we just talked about. Okay, praise. Go from 25 to 33. The end. Okay. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language. But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will plainly tell you, I will tell you plainly about the father. And that day you will ask in my name and I do not say to you that I shall pray the father for you. For the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the father and have come into the world. 
Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this, we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered. Oh, told them about themselves. Each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And these things I have spoken to you, that in me you, have, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yes. So this was the change I was talking about. Like you can see, Jesus knew he was speaking in figurative language. That's why he says, these things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming where I will just speak plainly to you. Which is a change, because usually Jesus likes to speak in, you know, he who I give this bread. I mean, that's still plainly, but it's still like, has this, you know, metaphor-ish type of feel. Yeah, but it. he mainly does parables and stuff. Um parallels for a better understanding too like when he that whole chapter will probably be when we get to matthew about the parables not everybody is was smart enough obviously (laughs) the disciples were still confused what does he mean but that's that's when they're like oh we do the one thing i wanted the first sentence the one thing i wanted to talk about was can we all just literally go over verse 29 when they said see now you are speaking plainly and use of no figure of speech. And now we are sure you know all things. My man, he said, he had passed this bread to what betrayed me. Yeah. But like I said, not going to penalize them. It was just very, like, out of everything the Lord told them during his time on earth, for them to see, see now you are speaking plainly and using no figure yeah. of speech. I just I found that funny, but you can um all right, Jesus usually uses parables to establish many of his teachings. Parables are a useful teaching tools since they summarize complex subjects in short, easily remembered blocks. Jesus has been speaking more plainly in this discourse, so the disciples seem to think that this is the moment of clarity Jesus has predicted. Because Jesus um, provides forgiveness of sins through his death and now intercedes for all believers at the right hand of the Father, we have direct access to the Father. Christ responds that to overconfidence. Sorry, <laughs> Christ responds to that overconfidence much the same way he did when Peter declared his loyalty in John thirteen, uh, chapter thirteen, verse I'll die for you, Lord. I'll die for you. Yes, the hard times to come will cause every one of these men to scatter and abandon Jesus. All the same, Jesus has confidence in his mission. He ends the long record of instruction with a powerful encouragement that the world will bring suffering, but for those who believe in Christ, he has already um, obtained ultimate victory. And we will continue in the Christian life the same way we begin, by believing in Jesus. The more we place our trust in Jesus, the more we receive, and the more we receive, the more we can accomplish for his glory. And you know what I like, too, is that he says, he always says, yeah, I am not alone because the Father is with me. He, Jesus knew, okay? That's Jesus such a, to me, that's knows. such a comforting thought because I feel like people always think, oh, you know, I'm alone. I have I'm nobody. Alone. But <laughs> no, <laughs> no one here, here beside me. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, it's just comforting, though. You're never alone. Literally. And, like, 
that's I feel like that's that was Jesus's comfort because really it's like because again he's in unity with the Father even during the times when Lazarus when he raised him up and he said Lord I speak to you not for me but for those listening so they can know who basically he's speaking to like it he knew each time mm-hmm. is not a feeling of loneliness and that's not to say oh only Jesus can feel that because guess what you can feel that too the more you seek Christ and that you're in mm-hmm. a part of that brand you're part of the vine more you're with him and right there with him you don't feel alone it's not a feeling of loneliness more or less it's a feeling feeling of comfort and stability yep so let's go over chapter 16 let's go over the powerpoint slides real quick so in chapter 15 a recap um jesus was talking to one of his disciples no jesus was talking to his disciples in a short time before his death and jesus was also talking about how he's the true vine and how god is the gardener his father our father and the world hates the disciples you might use the capital letters don't make it you're fine yeah rushed the lord hates his disciples <laughs> since they hate jesus basically saying the world hated jesus don't expect them to not hate you don't ex- just because they hated jesus don't expect that you being a christian is going to make them be like you know what that girl's is something that girl is good no they're gonna the world accepts their own like whether you like it or not the world will not accept you they didn't mm-hmm. accept jesus so there's nothing you should be surprised at and jesus talks about how he will send the Holy Spirit. So that's the recap of 15. And then we continued on with 16. Also, the coming rejection, which is verses 1 to 4, the work of the Holy Spirit, which is the verses 5 to 15, and how the sorrow will turn to joy and has Jesus has overcome the world. Because who's holding him back? Really? The world thought they was rejoicing. They was like, eh, the Pharisees probably like, oh, we got rid of that one. Come he resurrects what they do oh my god just a ghost <laughs> oh no and then the main point overall is that this chapter was more or less um an introductory to the holy spirit and the holy yeah. spirit's role when jesus ascends into heaven and what the holy spirit will do when For he comes this, the second coming by that i meant the resurrection yeah when jesus is resurrected it mentions coming. his how he will resurrect and they will see him again but yeah, do you guys yeah. have any questions, comments, concerns about anything that we went over? This was pretty straightforward. Huh? I'm sorry. Not so far. I just have to say with the, um, in the beginning with you guys were talking about the party, like, it's difficult because um, uh, in school now, they kind of like push it on you that you have to like accept it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. make it a part of the a part of the life. Mm-hmm. So like oh, that's yeah, it's really comforting because it's they'll like be like, Okay, we're gonna like do a whole meeting based on it or we're gonna do a, like a assignment based on it and you have to do it because it's cool. Oh, so no. oh that's yeah. awful. I feel like even with evolution, when I went to school for evolution, they said it's optional. If you're a Christian and you don't believe in evolution, you do not have to participate in this lesson. You can do something else. I feel like back then it was more or less optional. Mm-hmm. But now with the fact that the alphabet soup community is surging and it's they're on the high horse of you have to accept us or you hate us with all your guts and you think we're going to hell. That's, that's not what you do to people. You don't try to force people to succumb to your will because you believe your will is the right and you know what 
Like, for example, when I spread the word to people, I don't go to people, you better believe in Christ right now, or guess what? You're nothing. You're not going to hell. You're going to hell, and you're going to do this, and you're useless. And you were... No, I don't. I would just be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I believe. This is, uh, if you choose not to accept this, that's on you. That's on you. Even when I was in um, government, we learned about, like, Roe versus Wade and stuff like that. But they never forced an opinion on you. It was just like, oh, this was the Supreme Court case. This is what happened. This you mean about, the case oh, with that's abortion? About abortion? That's about abortion. But I'm just saying as that, that as an example, because you brought up evolution. But I was just saying. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I know what you're that, saying now. Okay. Even with stuff like that, it was always like a very, um, like, here's what happened. Even though, I mean, Maryland is a very democratic state. Um but, you know, it was just like, here's what happened. They forced us to learn evolution. There was no option, so. Yeah, and it's like to those listening, just because you don't support someone, that doesn't mean you hate them. You can still spread love to people and not support the things that they do because think of it this way. Say that you know someone who's in an abusive relationship and that person it always makes excuses for the person that's abusing them. And you go, I don't support this. Like, I don't like when you're with him because obviously he abuses you and I don't support this path that you're on. Does that mean you hate them? No, because when you truly love someone, half the time you're going to always be honest with them. If not majority of the time, you're going to, one, always be honest with them. And it's because you don't support them that you truly love them because no one needs a yes man. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Just be, count the support. No, you don't you don't need someone to always tell you yes to feel supported and loved. It's the people who tell you no at times and be like, I don't think this is no, I don't think that what you're doing is good. But I don't hate you for it. This is just what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Especially with but schools, even my mom, who's a guidance counselor. But no, I'm not even going to use her example. I just know in schools now, there was a guy in Virginia who got fired on paid suspension or whatever because he didn't want to do the pronoun thing. I forgot. I don't know if it was like a bit. I don't know what happened, but he didn't want to do the whole pronoun thing. And then they was just like, oh, he's on paid suspension leave. But if he don't want to do it, he don't want to do it. That's just as simple as it goes. There's this girl school and she was like, oh, how's your, what are your pronouns? And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, like, what do you identify? Like, they, them. I was like, no, it's I just, they're like, she was like, do you identify as like, she, her, or they, them, or he, she? I was like, just her, hers. Yeah, that. And I was confused at first because I didn't get it. But then I realized it was like a huge part of what's going on. Like, at this point, I'm going to tell people to guess because I'm sorry. I like I know there's people listening, but I'm sorry. But they, them is a plural term, okay? It will always be a plural term. I learned it and a long time ago is a plural term. So I'm just going to start using people's first names now because I'm not going to do the pronoun thing because if I don't support it, why would I still do it and support? But I know it's becoming a big thing now. That'll probably be under a script discriminatory law soon enough. So I'm just going to start calling people by their first names in a respectful way. Like, hey, I don't agree with this, but I will call you by your first name. I don't have to acknowledge you as pronouns. I can easily be like such and such went to the store. Such and such is sitting over there. Such and such is eating food. So you can find ways. And don't feel You pressured. there. You. Hey, you. <laughs> no, if people start saying I identify as you, I'm, I'm walking out. <laughs> 
I'm walking out. Are you walking out of the earth? I'm wa- the Lord of Lord. I'm walking out of the earth. I'm walking I don't out. Know how you do that? But. I'm walking out. I'm walking out. But yeah. Yeah, that's. I would hate to be in school right now. And don't spread hate to them either, because at the end of the day, what was God Jesus' command before He left was to love, love one, another. one another. We, I love, I love them. I love people. I love. I'm not gonna hate you because you don't accept Christ, but I don't like when people be like, "Oh, you just assume I'm going to hell." I don't assume anything because that's not my job to assume where you're going. That would give me a headache if I had to take every part of your life and wonder or not you accepted Christ. That's not my job because at the end of the day, God's the judge. However, I don't know what God may have in store in someone's life. So I don't want, I think people get this wrong idea of Christians that we all just be like, oh, she said she's going to hell. Oh, hell's for you. Oh, have you looked up hell? Because that's where you're going. Oh, hotel hell's taking you in. No, you just spread love. Kill them with kindness. And then you start to see people's true colors when you kill them with kindness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I have. If you guys don't have anything else, then we can pray out. Nah, I'm good. But I was looking at you because you, I prayed it. Yeah, I'm going to pray out. I'm oh. waiting for them. Okay. All right, everybody bow your heads. Father God, we just thank you for this week and waking us all up today. Um... And I pray that you can carry us throughout the week and that you can guide us. And I pray that Bethany and um, Leah. Leah are doing well in school and that their grades are okay. And I pray for praise as well with her projects and her books and that she can figure out um, what she's doing with that. And I pray for this job, if this is the right job for me. I pray that it is where I end up. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that it Amen. This concludes this week's episode of Bibles and Bonnets. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe to us on our Spotify and Apple podcast. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Later, guys.